day to you podcast listeners. Welcome back to the Carry On Cast, where your Easter pastors and occasionally special guests get together and talk about the upcoming weekend for worship. This is Pastor Brandon, and I'm joined today by our fearless pastors, Pastor Steve and Pastor Megan. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are still in our worship series, God Is, We Are. And today, we are going to talk about Genesis 21, verses 8 through 19. But first, um, I think it's a good precedent to say, to kind of take a look back at, well, what happened in between last week's story and this week's story? Because sometimes there's information in there that's really helpful to make sense of this week's story. Previously, in the book of Genesis. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Well, and sometimes what's previously in the book of Genesis is helpful, and sometimes what's previously in the book of Genesis is just really problematic. Horrifying. Uh, terrifying yeah. and awful. And um, it's easy to do in the book of Genesis, that is to look back because it's a really narrative story. We are really, especially right now, we're really following the story of Abraham and Sarah and, and their family, their people. So it's really easy to say, oh, here's, yeah. the, here's the narrative arc. Um, I will admit that I don't want to share the narrative arc because it is messy. Oh boy, it's messy. Um, so what we know of Abraham and Sarah is that they were recently renamed and they were recently given the promise that the heir would come from Abraham and Sarah specifically, that that would be where this promised child would come from. So Abraham and Sarah move forward with that promise in mind. Um, and a couple of things happen. One is we get the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I realize all of you just took a deep breath and went, oh my gosh, she just went there. Um, it's not that I'm going there, folks. It's that it's there. It's it's in the book of Genesis in between what we heard last week and what we'll hear this week. And I think the important story in that, especially for this narrative, is to hear that, that Abraham actually argued with God to hope that if there was anything redeeming in this area, that God would spare destruction. Abraham really hoped that God would not indeed destroy these people. And as it turned out, God did. Uh, and everyone's like, whoa, we know why. No, you don't. You don't know why. Uh, the reason that, that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah is because the people uh, wanted to violently attack and violate the guests in their city. So mm. God condemns aggression and violence and really profound lack of hospitality. Yeah. That's what, what sentences and, Sodom and And so do your Easter pastors. Yeah, we're very much against those things. I can echo that same sentiment. Uh, be gracious to guests and uh, don't be violent, terrible people. I mean, that's that's yeah. really I mean, what that Some comes. of you may have to change your plans for this weekend. Yeah, I apologize in advance for that. But if you could leave the violence out, that gosh, that'd just be real swell. Um, so that's one thing that's awkward to talk about in the in-between. The other thing that's awkward to talk about in the in-between is we literally just talked like, what, two Sundays ago about how Abraham was like, oh, hey, Sarah, pretend you're not my wife. I'm going to let Pharaoh get married to you. Mm -hmm. um, and you would have thought that Abraham learned his lesson. Uh, the, the moral of the story is no, no, mm. he did not. Because literally just before the story we're about to read this week, he does it again. This time not with, with Pharaoh, to his credit, um, with, a, with a different ruler, a, a 
Bimelech, is that how we say it? Um, here's the good thing about pronunciation of biblical names, friends. Just say it confidently and consistently, and no one will say that you said it wrong. They'll be like, oh, that's how you that's say how it. That's how it's pronounced. She was so confident about that, and she keeps <laughs> saying it that way, so it must be true. Abimelech. Um, um So uh, Abraham comes across another ruler and gets really, you know, nervous and says again, um, hey, Sarah, uh, would you say that you're my sister again? Um, and at least Abraham this time tries the argument, well, she is sort of my sister. Mm. Uh, apparently she is his half-sister, which would have been cool at the time. Um, so that's his defense. Not that he just gave up his wife. Not that he just gave up his wife, who God just promised would be the mother of a nation. Mm. Uh, no, his defense is like, well, it's not totally a lie, which is so a defense I would have used when I was nine. Right? <laughs> so way to go, Abraham. <laughs> Well, he was and 99. He was 99. Yeah. So, you know, just a few decades off. And with those two very awkward stories, that brings us up to uh, Genesis 21, where things get simultaneously uh, less awkward and more awkward. They get less awkward in that Isaac is finally born. We finally yes. get the promise that God has made a quarter century ago. It finally comes to fruition. Indeed, uh, the Lord dealt with Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah as he had promised, says 21.1. And indeed, Sarah is pregnant and has a child and names him Isaac. Just uh, just names him after the laughter that we heard about on, on Sunday from Pastor Steve. And that brings us to our story for today. And I think some of you listeners might be able to relate to um, waiting on God's promise. Mm. I mean, we've been promised life and life abundant. And um, maybe you're in a circumstance where you're looking around and saying, "Why well, I know the promise and I'm trying hard to trust the par- promise, but everywhere I look, all I all I see is the opposite. Yeah. And um, so perhaps we can re- relate to how difficult it is um, to be here and waiting on God to keep God's promise. So maybe we can relate a little bit to Abraham and Sarah taking the promise into their own hands and uh, Abraham having a child with Hagar. Um, So wherever you come, uh, wherever you're at this morning, know that, hey, if you feel like you're waiting on this promise, like God sees you, um, there's good news in today's story. But I'll be darned if it doesn't take a long time. Right, like you said, a quarter century here, and sometimes that quarter century is is full of of desperation and pain mm-hmm. and hurt. And so, yeah, I mean, I can be hard on Abraham and Sarah all I want, and I will because it's easy for me to stand on this side of the text and say, <laughs> "Come on, you jerks! God promised what God promised," and then I step into my own life and and act in desperation and frustration and anger and loneliness. I mean, I mm-hmm. I am these people and and listeners you are too and that's one of the things that i love frankly about the book of genesis is that the characters are man just really real and so it's it reminds me that um i'm not the only person who's walked this road and Mm. there's some comfort in that hard as it might be to admit so like you said isaac is born now what's going to happen uh genesis chapter 21 verses 8 through 19 pastor megan how about pastor steve pastor steve is what i said (laughs) yes (laughs) I'm happy to read it, Pastor Megan, <laughs> while imitating Pastor Megan. You'd have to pitch that not, voice a I lot will, higher, I will not friend. be able to do it, especially this early in the morning. Here we go. This is uh, verse 8. The child grew, that's Isaac, mm. the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, 
whom she had born to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also, because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder, along with the child, and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot. For she said, Do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. Hmm. Well, that's a powerful story, and so much of it hurts my feeling. Um, just I, the one feeling? I just have one. Um, you, you can kind of, I mean, just feel for Hagar and mm. Ishmael. And, uh, you know, rising up in me is just like anger and disappointment at Abraham and Sarah. But um, so first response, and then we'll kind of go around because I always love to hear what everybody's thinking. But I, I think for me, first off, we see the result of our not trusting God's promise. And, you know, and I think about, well, who is harmed by Abraham not trusting God's promise? So first it's a word of judgment because Abraham, he's, he comes out of this story pretty unscathed and he's the one who didn't trust the promise, but his uh, behavior affects everybody else. And, and so, you know, I, I'm left with, you know, what happens to Hagar? She's sent out. What happens to Ishmael? He's literally dying at, by the end of the story. What happens to Sarah? She's uh, filled with, you know, jealousy and rage. And, and then you get Abraham. And, it, you know, it says he feels a little sad. That he has to kick his like firstborn it's son out. It's such a bummer that I have to kick out this son <laughs> who I love, who until very recently I assumed would be the recipient of God's everlasting promise. Gosh, yeah. here's a loaf of bread and a skin of water. Good luck. Yeah. I, so I think, you know, what a winner. Um, for me first is a word of judgment mm, that mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. actions affect other people. Um, and, and sometimes we can't see that. Um, and don't worry, we're going to get to a word of grace. But so, uh, Pastor Steve, what's your kind of first reaction to this challenging story? Well, so similar to what you said, like, I just feel so badly for Hagar. And just in any way you slice this story, first of all, she's a slave. And that's like the w- worst thing I can imagine uh, as a human being is being a slave. Hmm. She has had no voice, no say in her own life. She was given, I mean, we presume she was given to uh, Sarai by the Pharaoh when they were in Egypt because she's an Egyptian slave. Um, And then she's just used. 
and abused by this family to produce a child and she does it and then she's like well maybe now I'll have a voice because that's mm-hmm. the part that we didn't that we skipped over is that she was actually starting to have some attitude about like hey I'm the one who actually produced because that was a common thing in that culture if you go continue the story with Jacob and all of his the women in his lives he had four women two wives two slaves and all the tribes of Israel were from and they were all competing with each other and like well polygamy hashtag polygamy right, and all yeah. the problems right right um, and so it, and so she thinks that maybe she'll have a standing in this world because she has produced an heir for Abram Abraham and then she gets thrown out like the trash. Yeah, that's that's chapter sixteen, where after she bears Ishmael, um, she uh, what is it that the language says? Um, she uh, oh, uh, verse four. She looked with contempt mm-hmm. on her mistress. Yeah. Mm. So she is not innocent, like any of us. I mean, the, the, what I think of, I'm a big Star Trek fan, and and uh, Captain Picard famously quotes. Oh, the tangled webs we weave, mm. <laughs> right? Is that yeah. Shakespeare? Yeah, something um, like that. <laughs> it's just a messy, tangled web of mm. deception and selfishness and distrust and all the stuff that falls mm-hmm. out from it. Um, but but what I do hear also is kind of from last week, the names and the importance of the names, that Ishmael means God who hears. Mm. And Hagar... God heard Hagar's cries, and and God is faithful even when we're not. Hmm. That's what I, but that's that's, that's what I get out of mm. this. Story. That's a great word. I mm-hmm. love that, and mm-hmm. I think that's a good turning point, Pastor Megan. Yeah. So I I should be you know full transparency. The the story and the interaction of of Ishmael and Isaac and Hagar and Sarah and Abraham is one of my most favorite biblical stories and one of the things that's that's most favorite to me about it is the prominence of this character Hagar who like pastor Steve said really doesn't have any standing she's she's um I was about to say worthless but that would in- indicate she's worth anything she ha- I mean she kind of mm. has no worth she is to be used and she is and yet twice she gets to speak directly to and with God. In chapter 16, she actually names God. Like she gives God a name when names have best, profound best power. Best name ever. Oh my gosh, right? Such a, like, so good. And, and like. Do you remember what it is? Uh, God who sees me, isn't it? Elroy. Oh. <laughs> the God who sees. The God who sees. Yep. It's the yep. only time in the whole Bible, Elroy. But Elroy, like, isn't that like a real name? And doesn't it sound like kind of a... Yeah, it sounds like, you know, kind of like your, 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 I was going to say kind of like your weird uncle. Yeah, but it's El- Uncle Elroy. Yeah, Roy. El, as in God, Roy. Um, yeah. and, and makes hooch in the woods. Spot. Exactly. Yeah. That's what Elroy sounds like. But it's not. Elroy is the name that, that Hagar gives to God. She gets to name God. And she is yeah. an Egyptian. She is a slave. She is a woman. She is like outsider upon outsider upon outsider. And yet she's the one. Like she's mm-hmm. she's the one who gets to talk directly with God. Like when she's off in the wilderness dying. And I know that there's 
beautiful art of, of Hagar in the wilderness and Ishmael cast off under a bush and both of them languishing and, and God hearing. I just want to establish that Ishmael's not like a baby in, mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's Growing. a he's a full grown kid mm-hmm. slash almost adult. Which really. means they must have been really suffering for a fourteen year old to be ready to yeah. die. Yeah. They've been in the wilderness wandering around a lot and and so it's i mean the suffering doesn't doesn't diminish just because ishmael is older i think it's just clarity right like this is really what's going on um but god actually listens to them and like even when god says to abraham nah go ahead cast him out like you have to imagine that god's like because i know what's going to happen like i know that i'm still going to keep an eye on hagar i know that i'm still going to be with ishmael just because they're outsiders and just because abraham could not possibly care less about them oh i love them so much never mind go out here's some bread um God still knows, but I'm, I'm still going to go with them. Like this culture and the society and these people don't care about Hagar and Ishmael, but I do and I will follow them. And and if you are a, uh, you know, a person who pays attention to the major monotheisms, right? Like it is from Ishmael that that if you are uh, Muslim, like that's your progenitor mm-hmm. of faith. Like the that's, Arabic people. Right, yeah. right. Like that's the nation and the people. So it's it it's this beautiful promise of God completely fulfilled, right? Um so for me, like that's just such great, enormous hope that that God knows that even though I've made a promise with these people over here that I will still be with these mm. people and love them and bless them and care for them. I mean, it's that whole original promise that God gives that through Abraham, all the nations of the world will be blessed. Yeah. Well, and and I think you you said it, Pastor Megan. Uh, I'm looking at the notes you sent me. <laughs> I know what I'm talking this, uh, about for sometimes. This sermon because, I mean, ultimately, I mean, uh, Ishmael and Hagar are not part of the covenant God made with Abraham, but God still cares about them. Yeah. Uh, Ishmael and Hagar have been cast aside, thrown out, disregarded, and yet God still cares about them. Mm. And they are, like you said, they're worth less, but that would be suggesting they had any worth at all. And yet God still cares about them. And this Sunday, this weekend is Easter Cares Sunday. And where we celebrate that, God cares about people who are on the margins. God cares about people who are forgotten. God cares about people who are suffering. And so what do we do in response? As Easter people, we care yeah. about all these people. So we do have, just. I want to just mention, we have this amazing gift. I'm going to read through all the different um, groups we have on our Easter Cares team, just in case you didn't know about them. First and foremost is our prayer team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these 68 households receive weekly prayer updates and faithfully pray for each request. And you can make those requests at easter.org um, as well. Then we have caring card writers who send caring cards to people who make a prayer request to let them know that we're care- we care about them and we're thinking about them. We have befrienders who visit people recovering from hospitalization, living with a long-term illness, or who are experiencing loss and grief. We have care team visitors who visit once a month with communion people who are what, what we might refer to as shut-ins, people who can't make it to worship. We have support group leaders for our depression support group, for our caregiver support group, and for our women widows support group, and our grief support group. Then we have worship volunteers who go to Stonehaven and Egan Point to their movie theaters to host worship at these two senior living facilities. And then we have three high schoolers who are iPad teachers because uh, for people who are shut-ins, they still want to interact with the outside world, so they get an iPad. And then they somebody has to show them how to use it. 
And uh, and then we have prayer blanket makers uh, who, it takes up to 40 hours to make a prayer blanket through knitting. I believe it's knitting. It would take me at least three times that and it would be mostly made of knots. Yeah. And and we fill those blankets with prayer on Easter Care Sunday. And those those blankets go to people um, who need reminded that they're surrounded in prayer by Easter Lutheran Church. So, and those, that's just a snapshot of the ways we formally uh, have formed groups around showing people that Easter cares. And yet it's not just the work of these volunteers. Um, being God's caring presence in the world is the work of every single person at Easter Lutheran Church. And that care is not just for Easter Lutheran Church. It's for the whole community around us. So it's a very exciting Sunday, I think, um, for me too, because we get to publicly say thank you to all these volunteers. And we also get to commit to joining all these volunteers in the important work that they do. Um, so I want to probably need to wrap this up here. <laughs> <laughs> We're at a little over the 20 minute mark. Um, so if you're an Easter care volunteer, come to worship this Sunday. Uh, if you're not in a formal Easter care volunteer, know that actually you are because you're an Easter person. And still come to worship. And right. Still come to worship. <laughs> right. uh, still come to worship to thank these volunteers, but also know that you are God's caring presence in this world, whether you're f- on a formal team or not. Uh, and know that we value you here. We care about you. God sees you, and so do we. And so thanks for tuning in on our podcast at Easter Lutheran Church, where our mission continues to be to grow in faith and... Carry on! The work of Jesus Christ.